welcome back to Wild and Artfully Me. Well, I teach you and educate you on the wild but yet artful ways of fermentation. On today's episode, I talk about some pretty darn funny questions that I get asked a lot as a wild fermentation revivalist. So stick around. Hope you enjoy it and enjoy a good laugh. All right, so let's just jump right into it. So definitely one of my all-time funniest questions that I do get a lot, and you have to understand why I think it's funny. I've been doing this 10 years now, and I've got a lot of questions. And I think my funniest one is when people come up to me and they're like, oh, you ferment food. Oh, well, I pickle at home. And I'm like, you you pickle? Like, you make pickles or like, what are you, what are you pickling, you know? And, um, you know, we'll get to talk and, and come to find out. They'll give me like their whole report on how they canned food or they did actually make pickles, but they used um, vinegar. So, um, yeah, fermentation, if you're new here, pickling is not fermenting. They are two different things because vinegar can be used as a preservative. Now, in the natural processes of wild fermentation that I specialize in, you use salt, mostly, you know, unless you're making sodas, you know, you do need some little bit of sugar there, but so pickling is not fermentation, and when I tell you I get this a lot, I get it a lot, but that's okay, you know, I mean, we're all here to learn, um, it is, it seems funny to me, but what might be sound funny to you that are fermented foods are um, like pepperonis, you know, cured meats. Like you would, did you know that was a fermentation process involved there? Breads, cheese, tea, mead, wine, beer, coffee, yogurt. I mean, fermentation is all around us, you know, um, except in the commercialing processes where um, like a lot of these foods, like even though it's yogurt, a lot of the good stuff can be killed off. That's why when you see Activia, they have added probiotics in there to give that to you, right? They're just adding more in there because it did get killed off in um, some commercialization processes and because they have to be able to store it, right, for the shelves to become shelf-stable and stuff. So when you when specializing things naturally. We're just using the wild yeast and things that are in there, the bacteria that's already on the vegetables and stuff. So I never use vinegar in my products and all of my products that I produce are very high in vitamin C, pre and probiotics, of course. So I have talked on my previous episodes about how commercial ferments, like even the brand name Bubbly's, doesn't contain high amounts of probiotics. Um, So if you missed that episode, go back and catch that one. I believe it was called um, Sauerkraut and Unwanted Side Effects. Um, I I dive a little bit into it because I really love exploring scientific articles. So um, go check that out. If you haven't checked that out, um, just know that instead of always trying to get something bought from a commercial store, um, it's always best to make it at home. Or you can buy from me from the farmer's market if you're local. Um, Because 
nothing is commercialized here in my kitchen. Okay. Uh, let's see what this question says. Why doesn't why doesn't my sourdough bread rise enough? And how do I get it? How do I get it active? Okay. So I know from experience, I I had to learn the hard way when it come, come when it came to sourdough. Okay. When it came to bread in general, um, I started, you know, a long time ago, I started making um, bread out of just like just flour and water and started making like peasant bread. I didn't even use yeast. Like, I mean, just crazy stuff, right? But whenever I did bring in sourdough, I did have a hard time. I did have a hard time at first. Um, the thing is, you have to, you guys, you have to give it time. That is my biggest thing, is give it time. You have to commit to this process. When it comes to sourdough bread, you have to commit. You need to say, at least give yourself, say, hey, I'm going to take out the next six months of my life, and I'm going to learn sourdough bread. That's really how you need to address um, your sourdough starter, um, especially if you're not getting one from someone, which is fine. Start it yourself. You can do this. Um, so also, it's got, I need you to take that time out and commit to that time and commit to discarding, commit to baking loaves and not getting what you want. Like, it's okay. You're going to fail. It's fine. Just keep failing until you get it. Um, that's essentially what I did. So I have a lot of experience here in Wiggle Room to talk to about this. So with my experience, I do say that flour, the quality of your flour matters. Um, especially if you have a hard time with um, getting it active and what obviously what you're buying might not be working i i think the quality over anything needs to be number 1 after your commitment to the process of course because okay so i grind my flour right i'll grind up some uh wheat berries you know there's hard hard red wheat there's soft wheat um so when you're naturally just you're taking the berry from your home and you're grinding it in your kitchen and then adding it to your sourdough starter um, once it's cooled off a little bit, then there's going to be so much more active yeast on that from that berries than you just buying some flour that's been grinded who knows how long ago, you know. Um, so I, I do recommend that if you want to go into the world of sourdough bread, I really, how about think about also grinding your own flour, okay? I think that's going to give you a beautiful activation that you are looking for. Of course, it's not, you know, um, needed. You don't have to. But again, we're talking about people who have issues, all right? Issue number two when it comes to sourdough inactivity. During fermentation processes, you have to understand your temperature 
is going to play a vital role in all of this. So ask yourself, um, I don't know where this person lives that sent me this. So you might be in a cold climate. You know, your winter might last you eight months. Okay, well, just know that your rise time on your bread has doubled. Instead of um, maybe overnight, it's all day. Like start your bread in the morning and then maybe the next day at lunch, look at it. Just take a peek at it. Um, There's no right or wrong way for everyone. Everyone's going to have a different temperature in their own home as well. Um, You know, the humidity outside. All of this is going to play a role in your sourdough starter. So just understand that it's not always you. Um, I don't, I don't think that we are ever the obstacle. And if we are, it's just because we didn't commit. So give yourself a good six month period. If you have, if you're just discarding and you're going and you're just starting it, like that's okay. Just know if you're starting from scratch on a Saturday starter, I would give it a good two months before you even start complaining about um, activity. Uh, You just got to give that starter time. Yeah, you see people on, um, I can't stand it when you see people on social media, oh, I just made the starter and look at this big, beautiful bread I made. Um, Okay, well, that's great. But again, it depends on your home, your temperature, your climate, where you live, how hot it is outside, So many things go into this. So I am giving you hope, okay, that please know it really just takes your patience. It takes time. I mean, I've had my Saturday starter, like, you know, at one point in my life, I went through certain obstacles and I couldn't make bread. So my Saturday starter sat in my refrigerator for six months and of course, I got it to come back and it's alive and beautiful, and I don't treat her like that no more. So, <laughs> um, just know y- you can do this. It's okay. And I, even after like that long of a time, I would say it took a good two months for it to to come back, like really back, um, making beautiful sandwich loaves and stuff like that. So. Flower quality matters. And I know you're going to hear people talk about the water and all this. Okay, I hear you. But I've also heard a lot of people do really well with um, using just city water in their sourdough starter. I don't think it's an issue. I mean, there's a lot of contaminants in bottled water, but that is another day. I'm not going to walk down that road right now. Um, So let's think about flower quality and commitment, okay? Those really are only the two things that I recommend you doing when it comes to a sourdough starter. All right, let's see. Um, What's the other question here? I'm a diabetic. Can I still have fermented foods? Well, um, the really cool thing about fermented foods is when you take this on a daily basis, it's going to actually level out your blood sugar. Um, 
So, you know, and most diabetics that I've ever met, they are, the doctor has them on a probiotic anyway. And um, so when you're taking, I don't recommend anyone getting off any medication. Please speak to your doctor. Nothing like that. I do think that um, fermented foods can play a huge role in your life. And I think it's certainly worth you trying um, to, to just get that in because you'd be getting probiotics. So you could knock that pill out if you're taking a probiotic, if you're eating fermented food every day and see how that treats you. But, um, there are multiple, multiple scientific studies that fermented foods actually helps with weight loss and helps with diabetes because like I said, it levels out that blood sugar which will help curve those hunger pains, right? Okay, last question here. Help, I'm constipated. Okay, listen, I do get this one a lot, and this is funny. Um, not as funny as the pickling one, but um, not being able to go to the bathroom can be sort of like a, you might think a TMI subject, but honestly, we all have to go. And <laughs> I do think it's worth addressing. Um, as some of you may know, I have cured my own IBS. I know what it's like to have the pendulum swing both ways, um, to have it swing with diarrhea and to have it swing with constipation. So, I am a big advocate for fermented foods when it comes to the bowels. Um, you know, especially if you are pregnant, it's, it's going to get things moving. But you have to take it on a daily basis. Um, so just know that there is hope for you. Um, if you're new to fermentation, why don't you try one of my ginger sodas? Um, if maybe sauerkraut isn't really what you're thinking. There's a lot of people I know that are able to drink a ferment, my fermented ginger soda over, you know, a fermented food. They just, they'd just rather drink it. So I hear you on that. So maybe check that out. And, um, don't forget if you have any questions to please send them to me. You can email me at wildandartfullyme at gmail.com or DM me on my socials. I am here to help you. Um, so n there is no such thing as a dumb question. I might laugh and I think it's funny. But again, I'm here for you. I'm here to show you. As the sponsor of my show, it wouldn't be right without me telling you about my book, Bringing Back Bacteria, my guide to fermentation for the novice with recipes. You can find by me, Jamie Powell, on Amazon.com, Walmart.com, and BarnesandNoble.com. And as always, happy fermenting.